Hey, it's time to chat with me, Rose, and me, Kamea. On this show, we have courageous conversations that illuminate shared experiences related to food and gender. We are here to help folks digest their relationship to food. In today's episode, we talk about slumber parties. Are they a rite of passage or a source of some of our deepest insecurities? Hello, Kamea. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to my childhood home. Thank you. We, I uh, feel pretty damn cozy in this <laughs> fucking... We're in some oh, lazy reaching, boys. Reaching for the footrest. Ready? Oh, yeah. <sighs> Luxury. <laughs> Recording off-site today. Yeah, we are. Um, having a little slumber party sleepover, I Ooh-hoo. guess. The last time we had a slumber party in this house... Oh, shit. Was probably like 11, 12 years ago. Yeah, you're probably right. You were just wee little teenagers at that time. I do have memories of being on this property with you and like having an earlier sleepover than Mm -hmm. that where it's just like, I don't know about this whole like virginity thing. And now I'm like, eh, I've been there, done that. Right? It's funny how 10 years can change so much. (laughs) Yeah, you were reminding me of like the the first big breakup sleepover we had where we were chopping wood or furniture or something in the backyard or you were it was some garbage that you pulled out of the barn and you were like yeah we were gonna burn this anyway here's a hatchet have fun let it out go for it it was really empowering (laughs) i'm glad i was able to help with that well and even thinking back when we talked a little bit off air about sleepovers that we've just had throughout our friendship yeah even the I feel like this is infamous for our friendship, but the getting high on silly string and blowing up balloons, which right. sounds worse than it actually was. <laughs> it sounds because that we were not the way you just put that. I was gonna say we were not getting high. I think we were high on life. Definitely hooligans. That's for damn sure. We were such homeschoolers in that moment too. We were I just, got dared to touch your boobs. When one of the sleepovers, you don't remember that? Was I that bad? Like, <laughs> like was that the remember. same? sleepover because you there was one sleepover we had a couple other girls that i didn't know and that was the first time i ever kissed a girl i got dared to kiss her wait who was it i don't remember their name oh shit you slut i know right (laughs) i thought i was so badass i was like i got this cool it's cool guys it's cool (laughs) but even then i think we were like 19 years old so it wasn't even that big of a deal no Uh, wow that's that's rude i don't even remember her name it's gonna come to you later yeah when we're like in full sleepover mode it was a cool name it was a it was it was an odd name all my friends have cool names except for me (laughs) jessica rose it's real cute (laughs) your memories sleepovers in general what are some memories that stick out to you or events that occurred it's a big open-ended question I think when I think of slumber parties, which by the way, we had another topic like for today for what we were going to do. This is important to actually but then like we, say. We got like so excited about just like the concept of sleepovers and the role that they play in um, m- mainly young women's lives and our different um feelings about sleepovers in our modern world versus when we were kids or even when our moms were kids like it's really evolved and the time in which the kids girls are going to sleepovers 
it's also the time of like some of your biggest insecurities like i think of sleepovers being between the ages of like maybe nine and like 16 17 18 and then like the activities that you do and like the extent to which you're you're really exploring your independence really shifts but i think that like fantasy like that magic of those first sleepovers i think that's between like nine and 14 15 yeah it's that first moment kind of in your life or first periods of moments where you're kind of just totally independent you're not with your family you are on the other island with new culture new foods new people and it can be really overwhelming yeah and it's a space in which that um i think you know we don't have a lot of spaces in which adults play and we don't really talk about like teenage play Mm -hmm. um and the importance of it but i do think that in sleepovers it is a space that young girls do get to bring a spirit of play into enacting um social hierarchy social norms and so it can be both really empowering and special and beautiful but it can also be really harmful and really challenging particularly when we think about the influence of diet culture on kids that age and that's when you really start comparing your bodies to the other girls and you start talking about what you eat talking about what you like or dislike about your body girls are eating Mm -hmm. getting self-conscious about like your evolving body um even maybe like how the parenting styles around food and like what's allowed and what isn't allowed and like like i had sleepovers with parents where like like you were done eating at a certain point in the night like there was no bringing food into the bedrooms like which is just so not what i'm used to (laughs) (laughs) that is not your lifestyle that is not my lifestyle at all like i it was a couple weeks ago you were like oh yeah nathan rolled over in bed and i just picked a piece of popcorn off of his back oh yeah (laughs) god you look so cozy in your college sweatpants Oh my god, I look like such a teenager. You do. I've got a sporting the the college yeah. of uh, a boy you had a crush on, and yeah, and I at the time still do. Is my understanding say, I still still like him quite a bit. So yeah, I got those. I got my my first job sweatshirt on. Wow, it's great. A messy bun and everything. Look at this girl. Mine's being held up by a fuck it scrunchie right now. Look at you. I noticed that when you walked in. Fuck it scrunchies available at timetochat.com. They are legitimately my favorite scrunchies. They are. Honestly, I I wear them all the time. Uh, Well, more to the point, um, there was a study in 2015 that says most girls start dieting by age eight. I believe that. about 80% of 10-year-old girls have been on a diet at some point. Um... I know that mirrors like my experience, but a lot of that's led by your family and like your family's attitudes towards food, usually the mother of the household because of other gender roles of just Mm -hmm. needing to be the master of that domain and care for people and the caring and feeding of the, the kids often falls to a woman in the house, but, um, a couple interesting things about that to me is that in 1970 the average age was actually 14 over 10 which developmentally i feel like is very different um yeah in terms of independence is very different 
Yeah. Independence, your ability to interpret strong emotions, but it also depends on like when you hit puberty, which is another big variable of what's happening in those early sleepover days, which depending on when you hit it, and I feel like girls are hitting puberty much earlier than they ever have before. I don't think it's before. even a feeling. It's a fact. Like it, that's real. People are have girls are having their periods way younger than when we were kids. Way younger. How old were you? I was a little late bloomer. It was three days after my 15th birthday. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I remember being turning 15 and being like, it's never going to happen. I'm probably going to have a boyfriend before I fucking bleed. And this is embarrassing. And I would lie. I lied so much to like all of my girlfriends at slumber parties talking about periods like I totally knew and understood why did you have to lie because I was embarrassed that I didn't have mine wow yeah that we're weird? so fucked up I do think that slumber parties depending on again the social structure of the group it is a place in which girls start to get competitive towards each other and that's reinforced and you really start to um this determine the social hierarchy and where you want to fit in with that and depending on the group you might play different roles and you know I was homeschooled so I didn't get exposed to this a ton um maybe that's why I don't fall in line in the social <laughs> hierarchy very well, well I think but yeah like at least in my memories of slumber parties and being around girls that I like even the ones like obviously like I was like friends with and then there were the friends of the friends so like I didn't know them as well girls especially teenagers have a way of like talking like in very fact like oh we're all we're just gonna assume that everyone in this room have had their period or have had sex or have kissed a boy or whatever you know and so to show that you are at all different or the odd one out like fuck no I'm not gonna do that I'm gonna lie my ass off (laughs) at 13 years old hey fall in line baby fall in line fall in line it is interesting because even uh even though I was homeschooled, I think the fantasy of slumber parties were really, was really sold to me. Um, I didn't have a slumber party Barbie, but you were the one to bring up the original slumber party Barbie to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah. The Do you have the date of when the slumber, the, bar, the Barbie was made? The original one, the like problematic one, was released in 1965. Well, she came with two items. One of the items was a scale. Uh-huh. And I think the scale read like 95 pounds or something. Like I think that's where the like the number was. It was 110. 110. Hey, not that. It's still problematic. It's still very small. Um, she also came with a book that was said like something about dieting. I think you looked at it. And then on the back it had like bold letters. Don't eat or stop eating or something like that. Yeah. And it was sold to like, yeah, six-year-olds, eight-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Barbie's interesting too because yeah, she's kind of depicting a teenager, but she's also depicting like an adult. She she plays both sides for sure. Yeah. So, and that's really confusing as a child like and acting like, "Oh, this is what it's like to be like older and at a sleepover and like, oh, you got to like These are the things we're talking about. These are the things we're thinking about." And the two things that she was prioritized. It wasn't like popcorn and her favorite pair of slippers or a movie or yeah, she like didn't have like a, a stuffed animal. Totally. Fucking Weird. little nail polish or something. I can tell you I didn't pack any diet books. Did not. I was eating I didn't just earlier. Bring my kitchen scale. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh my God. Thank but God. it is interesting that that's like what they chose to prioritize as a topic for like. Well, and the Barbie got pulled, if I remember correctly. I should have like re referenced this, but um, yeah, the Barbie, because it was problematic, it got pulled. But I think it was like a couple, a year or two. Yeah, the she got redone like a year later with different accessories right. because people were pretty upset about it. As they should. Um, but the underlying cultural push towards this is our priority was still there. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, it doesn't go away even if you watch what is presented via film and TV, like entertainment-wise. Like, it still is. It's girls in their underwear hitting each other with pillows and girls being mean to each other. I don't know. What movies do you think of with slumber parties? Um, I definitely think of Grease. Because I feel like that's the most epic interpretation of a slumber party of girls kind of just being up to no good. And the bad girls bringing in the good girl, you know, and exposing her and, and turning her to the dark side, even though they didn't really. Oh. I guess it depends on how you think think about the end of the movie. but She takes a puff of her first cigarette. Yeah, I was going to say, they smoke for the first time. They One girl opens a bottle of wine. But it's like some dessert wine or something, right? It was. Oh, that's right, because they brought Twinkies and wine. And they were they made fun <laughs> of her. And she's like, it's a dessert wine. It says it on the back. Um <laughs> Forgot about this. The Princess Diaries. Duh. Duh. Has a great, like, epic sleepover scene. Yeah. They fucking mattress surf down the stairs. Didn't 13 on 30 also have a sleepover scene? (gasps) 13 going on 30? Yes. And then they, oh my gosh. And she, like, teaches the girls about all this stuff, about adulthood. Oh, it's so sweet. But I also just, like, loved the Princess Diaries. You do. You do. Um... Yeah, I just thought she was the best. Also, the princess, like, looked like me. Definitely. And she was, like, a nerd but also a princess. And I was, like, You definitely have Anne Hathaway vibes, for sure. I think she has better eyebrows than me, but. She's also, like, wealthy. Yeah, that's true. Make the money, I get the better eyebrows. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to our podcast. (laughs) Buy our merch. (laughs) We promise we'll share. Support my eyebrow aspirations. (laughs) I need to look more like Anne. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Um, But there's also like the whole genre of horror Mm -hmm. within sleepovers. And before we jumped on to record, you had shared a pretty epic slasher movie. Yeah, I don't watch slashers. The reason I stumbled into this like whole rabbit train, rabbit train, I don't even know what that is. (laughs) That sounds glorious. I want that. You've heard of the rabbit hole. Well, get on that rabbit (laughs) train. It sounds like kind of like kinky too. Oh boy. Anyway. (laughs) Just like another example of how my brain works. Um, it does sound kind of kinky. Wow. Um, so there is the sleepover massacre, like, I guess, series, because there are three of them, but the original came from the 80s and it was directed by a feminist. No, it was a first time director, but the screenwriter was a feminist and she was trying to 
make a parody of the way females are depicted in slashers. Oh my god! But then when they ended, um, but when they like ended up filming it, they ended up filming it, and I'm using air quotes like serious because it's pretty campy. Um, But there's a lot of symbology throughout the film in the way that the girls just trying to have a nice time together cannot escape the the violence of the male gaze and they all end up getting murdered um their neighbor what did they get murdered by a massive drill bit Ooh, kinky yeah it's very phallic it's mm. very phallic. it's like ma- massive as in, in like length or girth yes see (laughs) oh my both and the movie posters like even if you um haven't seen the movie and i haven't you probably have seen the poster and once i saw it i was like oh i've totally seen this i recognized it as well there's like um it's got that like 1980s like painted movie poster vibe and then it says like sleepover massacre painted in blood on the top and then there's these three girls on the floor but like all positioned into such a way where they have like shoulders back tits up and out cleavage but they also have like these open like gaping mouths like it's supposed to look like they're scared but they also could be like open to receiving and they're all like on a pile on the floor but like in such a way that all three of them are there and they're looking up at this man and you see the perspective is from behind him so he's standing over them and the drill bit that he uses as his murder weapon comes down between his legs and is really, like, in the girls' faces. So his legs are basically, like, framing the girls. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cute. Love that. Just there was kidding. actually a remake this last year of the movie. So there's a I series think, of three, and then there was a new one that came out this last year. I think just, like, for the sake of our podcast, um, over my weekend i will do some recon and really watch these films and get back to you on them because it sounds like something that could be enjoyable i can't stand any kind of that violence porn and it really bothers me how much we just like make it okay to see women just being murdered but I'm curious due to the screenwriter and like kind of being able to see because obviously like the movie didn't end up being what she clearly was like hoping for it to be. But you're gonna see especially as women I feel like we're gonna see like those little moments of commentary. So um, I have a very different relationship to horror than you do. It's um, true. So I disagree with a lot of what you said but that's okay. <laughs> I still love you. <laughs> It's just not going to be our movie of choice this evening. (laughs) It's okay. We don't have to. In line of horrorness within sleepovers, not only, like you mentioned earlier, that it's a really kind of precious time of like getting to know yourself and being independent and all of those things, but there's also like a lot of like shitty things about sleepovers when you're a teenager too. Like I feel like the bullying can be totally a thing. Oh yeah. Pranks um whoever falls asleep first you get your hand put in water so that maybe you pee the bed so you get embarrassed or like i remember um hearing about like getting girls to tell you all their secrets and then sharing the secrets with everybody else it can be pretty traumatizing it's it's just a very vulnerable time and like the whole 
thing about a sleepover is it can be this beautiful space of community, but it can also just be awful. Yeah. And it really depends on the community and who you surround yourself with. Which and is you're learning when that when you're, you're that age. Exactly. You're learning how to pick your friends and who's going to stab you in the back and like who, like how to trust who you can fall asleep around. It's Ooh, really scary. That's creepy. But that's real. Yeah, no, totally. I was even sharing with you before we jumped on, I think... I think my very first sleepover that wasn't like a relative or extremely close family friend that basically is relatives was this girl that I had met and she had told me she was having a Halloween party and it was gonna be a slumber party Halloween party which doesn't that sound like fucking amazing sounds like a lot of fun like you can be like super spooky yeah the Ouija board so she was like you have to dress up like we're dressed it's a whole costume thing it's gonna be awesome she was presenting it to me like this is like a party and I think I was like 11 or 12 and so you feel like super cool and so you're like cool. oh my god like I'm gonna go do this thing like I worked on my costume like all week Aww. it was like a whole thing and what was your costume what I always am a witch <laughs> like I feel like I rarely am not a witch even as a child and I knew that this household particularly was like pretty like religious. But anyways, so I like got all dressed up and my mom drove me out there and it was like a big deal. And I remember we like walked up to the door and I knocked on the door and I opened it and there was like chips and candy on the table and like soda. Fun. Fun. This, this girl, to a girl this friend, start. Yeah. The friend that I had met and she was like dressed up and I don't even remember what she was, but I remember thinking it was kind of lame and nobody else was there. And I walked in and I was like, oh my gosh. And like, I guess I'm the first one here. Like, no worries. Like, cool. And then my mom left. And then I asked her, I was like, so when's like everyone else coming? And she's like, oh, you're the only one. What? And I was like, this is so fucking that weird. That is like a fucking horror movie. It was weird. And I was like, oh. And we weren't allowed to watch scary any kind of scary movie because of their Even like, like religion. A hocus pocus. Or- no. Like, and again, looking back now, it probably was weird to them that I, like, I was a witch because I think she was something like a clown or something, you know, where like we celebrate Halloween, but like nothing that's like remotely satanic, which is like literally everything that I love. So it was, hasn't changed much. Hasn't changed much. Yeah. So then it ended up, I kind of, you know, made the best of it and we became friends, but the moral of it, every slumber party I had with this girl she was so mean and she bullied me so much like you kept going to slumber parties with her yes she was my only friend I was homeschooled too shit she was my only friend and I thought I was such hot shit just to have a friend that wasn't like a family friend you know like but yeah I didn't even know it at the time because again you're going through you have to go through those weird lessons in life to learn toxic people and what that looks like and how to like spot it because it took yeah. me years to like cut her out of my life and that's the kind of shit we still work through in therapy today we do. and then we have adults that are working through their sleepover shit in therapy and they're like my kid is never going to yeah. a sleepover and right? the pendulum just swings and then that kid is going to go to therapy like i was never allowed to have a sleepover <laughs> It never it's just a constant <laughs> circle of just fuckery and round round we go uh, we're all fucked up but i don't know i think i'm not a fucking parent i don't know but just conversations with your kids because i think if i was more communicative to my mom about like the things that she would say to me or how she would treat me my mom probably would have like been like that's really like mean or not healthy but i didn't know that it took me a long time to figure that out yeah so 
but thank god end to that friendship i got some better ones <laughs> better ones these days thank god than me you <laughs> talk about epic slumber parties it is really cute to me that you showed up to that slumber party slash not slumber party yeah as a little witch because when we think about slumber parties i could almost draw three circles or like three buckets of like strong feelings you're gonna have about them mm-hmm. one of which is that like ooh, maybe four that like ooh, like reminiscing romantic romanticization of it or that we think of the movie scene in 13 going on 30 or the princess diaries or even in our own memories from our youth where we get where we kind of delete the negative shit but we remember some of those like initial moments of like feeling a sense of belonging and the importance of female friendship which is like fucking huge important and some of the things that really cemented my friendship with you early on where I was like I'm going to be friends with this person for so long came out of our our sleepovers together true it does I never thought about it in that way but it's so true it's a bond like it's very special it's very special like the first time like I came over to your house and it was like we weren't just like oh do you want to hang out sometime but like I was like coming over for a sleepover that's a fucking commitment yeah and we were gonna watch the notebook which was like one of your favorite movies and I think it took us like eight hours to get through the whole film yeah watching it on the tiny tv in your guest bedroom extremely small tv with all the princess diana like royalty plates on that yep. wall oh of my that God. <laughs> i don't know if those are still around here but it's uh, like they are they exist but they are not on the walls anymore um this is a little like i was in a little antique store it's funny i was gonna say we can look around it still feels that way um, um but yeah because we kept just like pausing and like talking and like mm-hmm. catching up on things but we weren't even catching up it was unless our souls were like it's catching like that, up it's like that one time where like sure you hang out because like we saw each other in the non-sleepover aspect like often like that's how obviously how our friendship first developed like yeah. oh this person's really cool blah blah, blah. and then a sleepover is like you're not just like, oh, how's the day, blah, blah, blah. It's more of, oh, my gosh, I have these, like, really interesting thoughts about, like, this part in the, th- in the movie. And so I'm going to pause and we're going to talk about it and, like, pick it apart and, like, get to know how you truly yeah. feel about a relationship or how you, how I truly, like, felt when I first saw that scene, which is these vulnerable moments. It's vulnerable. It's very intimate. And as a society, we don't emphasize the importance of – friend love and friend intimacy enough and the importance of that kind of connection that it can offer um so i just i love you oh i love you too but the sleepover like <laughs> was that oh shit i'm going to be like this person i'm yeah. sa- I'm safe with you yeah. but there's a vulnerability in the need to affirm that it's safe and it can really go either way so then there's that other strong bucket of feeling of like it really not being safe and it resulting in some like trauma for people I'm and uncomfortable when it's a social situation those two things kind of like go into a melting pot mm-hmm. and like mix together but anyway there's like those buckets but then there is the bucket of exploring sexuality, the fantasy of it, the eroticism of it, which has some really interesting questions about who's it for, yes. because there is the empowerment of it being like 
when it is just like girl the girl like fuck yeah this is what I want and we're exploring our bodies and I feel really good about this and this is consensual that's one thing right but in the other case it's like I mean it's for the male gaze which is how I stumbled into the slumber party massacre is I was looking into slumber party and the male gaze and there's a lot of commentary on that in that particular film because the film was kind of exploring those ideas and it continues to go on and it continues to like perpetuate the same thing and imagine the same scenarios and this and that's exactly the it's the girls in their underwear doing a pillow fight like or girls touching each other's boobs or seeing each other naked. And just I was the about to say, that. well, I've never done that. But I literally at the start of the top yeah. of the episode was like, oh, yeah, there was that one slip I of vaguely, I think I touched your boobs. I vaguely, I do feel like I remember that. And I feel like it was one of the things where it's like you have to touch your boobs for like 30 seconds. And so it was just like, <laughs> all right, you're just holding. You're just holding on Kids to are the doorknobs. so weird. <laughs> yeah. Was that the same one that I got dared to sit on my male friend's lap for Oh, yeah, that was our first co-ed sleepover. That was our first co-ed. We were also quite a bit older, but... Yeah. And um, he he was a good Christian boy, and we trusted him. He was a good Christian boy. It's true. No dirty thoughts on his end. Not a single one. Not a single one. I never felt a boner (laughs) sitting on his lap for an hour. I did not dare you to do that. That was not me. Did he ask for my marriage later in life? Yes, he did. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, good Christian boys. Okay, I'm going to need more wine for this one. <laughs> okay. Um. Oh, God. Again, yep, exploring sexuality. But the last bucket, you know how I like to organize thoughts when I they do. start to get into a web. But the last bucket that's really interesting to think about in the, the space of slumber parties is the exploration of spirituality Mm-hmm. And specifically, more of the occult practices. Ouija boards. Ouija boards. Bloody Mary. Light as a feather. Stiff as a board. Cat scratch. These are just like, these are girls getting together and enacting these like ritualistic. Even tarot cards too. Well, and sometimes I think... Um, there's a certain amount of bravery involved mm-hmm. again exploring social hierarchy like who's the skeptic who's the scaredy cat who's the like eh, sure like i'm willing to who's give it the a prankster try. that's gonna like turn off the lights and make everyone afraid like totally. last minute who's the like little fucker totally and then who's like actually interested mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. spooky 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 but also it's one of those places that you know, maybe it's a little bit daring. It's a little bit of the taboo. I was going to say it's naughty in a way. In a way. And you're you're pushing boundaries. And depending on your upbringing, the level of like how many boundaries that pushes is like totally different. Like I was raised in a pretty spiritual household. So the concept of there being um, like ghosts or spirits or... Um, like a Ouija board wasn't something you messed with. Like that's always what I was taught. Like don't. That would touch be the him. kind of thing. Don't so it did it. come up for me one time when I was around 10, 11, oh. and there was like an older cousin who um, she was 
the cool girl and she busted out a Ouija board and like all the family was out there doing like holiday things and um this was after my parents divorced so this was not in my mom's house this was not under her supervision but like all these girls end up in this room and we're like playing with this Ouija board and it was just like really like intense experience and we start we ask like stupid questions about like who we're gonna be and who we're gonna marry because that's the most important thing that I should be thinking about. How old am I gonna be when I have a baby? But also when you look at like some of the like common divination practices, who you're gonna marry and like how many kids you're gonna have, like those are common. I was writing an article about kale. <laughs> yeah, you would. <laughs> Well, it's about like yeah i would i did it, it was a great article about kale. go check it out um and just like the absurdity of like when kale was all the rage but i was looking at other times that kale was just like a cultural phenomenon pre-early 2000s and i found this old ancient um like halloween tradition where you would yank up kale stalks by the roots and depending on like how many visible roots it had like that's how many kids you would have what yeah kale yeah it was super dumb like drunk frat boys but of like the 1800s kind of beautiful thought situation like nothing nobody learns anything nothing changes we've been the same to be a fly on the wall of that but also that's so dumb because we didn't have globalized food systems and like the kale would have depending on how bad it was like it would sprout in the spring so like anyway i'm being in a different way is what you're saying but when i told my mom about the ouija board it was just kind of like don't mess with that and i remember being like interested but also like kind of scared mm-hmm. um the big takeaways were that i was going to marry a man named chance yeah that's not what happens not so what far happened. i was gonna say at this point that's not right so but th- but at that age it's just kind of like oh i guess like that's like what i'm looking for and what if i meet a mm-hmm. boy named that then like imagine all of those moments of the like kind of future like telling your future and whatever the games were of like okay here are four boys that I'm like somewhat interested in or at least I could like see myself be interested in and like which one is it you know Kyle Zach Brian or Nathan like which one is it gonna be and if it said like Brian that means I'm just gonna throw the other dudes not even give him a chance or even look at him again oh my god terrible so we're gonna relaunch the bachelorette but she just like just like the concept of the show but she only picks boys and like what day she goes on based on like old divination rituals that actually could be a really entertaining show right wow like it would still require garbage humans to work right but conceptually i think this is a multi-million dollar idea i'm into it i'm into it I read a thing um, that one of a sleepover game in terms of like how to figure out who you're going to marry was um, you hold an apple um, and you like basically twist the stem of the apple and you say the alphabet and the letter that the stem breaks on is the letter of the first name of the guy you're supposed to marry. Wow. Mm -hmm. See, when I was a kid, it was like however many twists that you did of the apple stem, that's how many kids you were going to have. Oh, fuck. Sometimes it was like completely reasonable and sometimes it was like absolutely unreasonable. I was going to say it could be like 12. 
But there's like bobbing for apples. Depending Originally, on the was apple, a depending game. on the season of when it was picked, totally. how aged it is. Oh my god, that's stressful. What if it doesn't even have a stem? Right. Does that mean you're just infertile? <laughs> and then you're just gonna go around fucking everybody, everybody, <laughs> fucking whoever you want, as one does. <laughs> Get on the rabbit train, the rabbit train, baby. <laughs> um there is a link this in the show notes there was an uh article that i came across that was published in 2017 i believe and it comes out of the university of oregon um the author's name is it's really tiny on my phone i'm so sorry alina mansfield and it's a really well-written exploration of the way in which very common rituals that show up at slumber parties are actually just like rites of passage. Nice. And how the adolescents kind of carry over their spirit of play into more of this space of exploring identity in a way that like playing with barbies and like sleepover party like that's like what we're doing at the same like we're exploring identities we're exploring ideas we're enacting situations and kind of playing them over and over in our heads and 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 processing them to grow into better Mm -hmm. people like play teaches us so much and then right around the time of adolescence we start to play less and less but that the games of sleepovers where they are these rituals kind of have a little bit of that element of play, but it's a play in which we actually have to take ourselves a little bit more seriously. Mm -hmm. And we do start to explore our place in social hierarchy. Oh yes. And, um, I find, I found it to be a very entertaining read because there were so many like quotes from the interviews that the author slash researcher did um interviewing women about their slumber party rituals and their stories and so many of them were like oh like we got busted by this adult with the ouija board or like the dog start my dog started barking and then the neighborhood dog started barking (laughs) and it woke up my mom and i was like so freaked out and then i told mom like i think all the dogs are barking because of the ouija board and she was oh like my god what do you mean like we don't we don't fuck with that like we don't own a dog <laughs> dogs don't exist in this town it's a dog <laughs> um but i think like even so like even if you're a little bit spiritual and you would respect a divination tool and you like see it as something that you need to be rooted in tradition and understand what you're doing the idea of a bunch of hormone like budding hormonal girls with like that's strong a lot emotions of power. who don't understand their power but that's what they're exploring mm-hmm. right they don't understand that that's very terrifying but if you believe that it's a way to communicate with the devil that's also extremely terrifying so like just no matter what way you think of it well and even at the it's like the curiosity like can i like interact with the devil like can that be a thing like and playing with the fire i feel like that's also teenage years too the hormones the pushing boundaries the pushing um like feeling like you want to be more rebellious and being tough as fuck like i can talk to the devil i don't fucking care okay hormonal teenage girl well there's a certain amount of proving to yourself that you can oh absolutely even and that even goes with the like 
the folklore scary bloody mary like things like it's literally just did you ever play that game oh god yeah you did Mm -hmm. a lot by yourself with friends (laughs) with uh with friends (laughs) not really by myself but so for the listeners that don't know because i thought of the drink that i hate i hate, you don't like a bloody mary i don't like bloody marys which is super weird how did i not blood- fucking know that i don't know i feel like that's definitely come up i feel like i could get down if they're like my tomatoes like fresh tomatoes but like my first bloody mary when i think of bloody marys i think of like a v8 juice and vodka with a celery stick and that is fucking nasty okay, well, i feel like i need to make you some bloody marys i don't i don't know I, I would i would try one from you i think i'll force you pin you down okay and sh- just pour just waterlog really, yeah really healthy relationship here my <laughs> party's getting dark <laughs> the adult version of bloody mary bloody mary oh my God. <laughs> you will take this but the slumber party version and i don't know the origins i of have it no idea specifically is that you actually you say it, i've never actually played <laughs> it's similar if you've ever seen the movie beetlejuice and you say beetlejuice three times he's supposed to appear so it's the same fucking concept it's you go into a room you turn off all the lights and you look at yourself in the mirror and you're supposed to say bloody mary three times by looking and looking at yourself in the mirror and what i was always told is either you will like your face will turn into her face or she will appear behind you and it's just and when you say mary you mean like the virgin mary um that was never clear to me growing up i was always told it was just a woman who was just covered in blood and apparent, and then you know the the what happens next is the scary part because no one really knew. So it was whoever was brave enough to look at themselves in the mirror and say it three times, and you had to be alone. What's really interesting to me about that, where my head goes, is like these are young adolescent women who are about to, if not already, dealing with blood mm-hmm. on a monthly basis, right? And it's like this big unknown, and there are like there Carrie. are women who go their whole menstruating lives that don't really interact with their blood like mm-hmm. they use applicators they just like throw it away they don't like they don't really look deal at with it. it yeah years ago a few generations ago you had like you were dealing with this yeah and like i use a cup and i have to like deal with it blood yeah. it's also like different menstrual blood and like wound blood totally different some but. people disagree with that and i i personally I, I, I also think it's different. Um, I have a different bodily response. I do too. I was going to say, I, I think it's different, but at the same time, like I can handle my own menstrual blood fine. Or if I go into a public restroom and there's somebody didn't flush, like that doesn't like freak me the fuck out. But if like you like sliced your arm open and you were like spraying blood, like I'd probably vomit. That's usually how I respond to actual real life real-time blood good to know yeah it's good to know these things yeah we're in an emergency it's true but it does make me think of like the red panda movie Mm -hmm. um and how sweet that was in terms of the girl like learning how to live with her own inner beast essentially and when you are that age like your emotions are suddenly like so big you're exploring your power and that's something that we will be in relationship with the rest of our lives like i am still exploring the depths of my own power Mm -hmm. and 
to like not just what i can get away with but what what do i want to create with my power it evolves throughout like growing up to in different phases in your life like that power means different things to you and the way you want to utilize it is different throughout your life yeah you say the red panda had me like weeping it was a beautiful demonstration of female (laughs) friendship it I loved it. It is a very it sweet movie. So much. I will say there's so many kids movies out there that speak into real life stuff. And it's at least a lot of the ones that I've seen. I won't go through them, but they're beautiful. And it makes you feel a lot of things as an adult. You're like, God damn it. Wish this was around when I was a kid. Did I tell you that that article from the University of Oregon kind of opens with the idea that the Salem witch trials might have been sparked by uh basically a slumber party um that does not surprise me and i feel like that doesn't surprise me because um if anybody who's listening have listened to our witch episode from season one which we'll probably i'm assuming do again at some point another version of um we kind of talked about a couple of the early early trials and how a lot of them were involved with like adolescent girls and what they were saying that they saw so like maybe they played bloody mary and saw somebody and then claimed that that woman was a witch you know what i mean like i feel like i vaguely remember if we didn't talk about it on the episode we definitely like read things that make me think that is totally true what you're saying little girls budding into young women yeah and confused and overwhelmed and facing it's a, realities it's of a, society it's a force and, and the ways in which we compete with each other within sleepovers i feel like are a direct result of our patriarchal society i would also say the same is true of a lot of the violations that those spaces can have mm-hmm. um and the fear of that people have for yeah girls it's a, learning it's, their power it is a well-founded fear because it is it's a real fear it's very vulnerable to just be a woman because just the act of going to hang out with girls and eat snacks and be comes with so much other shit mm-hmm. and it's the same shit that we spend unpacking episode after episode after episode through different lenses but in the like in the sleepover, in the sleepover, it is just so fucking concentrated. Yeah. And it's the shit we have to undo it in therapy. Is. Like, think about all the boys when they hear about the girls having a sleepover. They're like, oh my God, my name's going to come up. They're going to talk about me, blah, blah, blah. We totally the fear. talk about you. We totally do. In ways that you have no idea. No, we're telling each other who's Everything. safe, who's not safe. I think women need to hang out. And create their covens and make their covens a little bit more and make of a your priority. Podcast. What? And make your podcast. We yes. podcasted. Now we can hang out, right? Done and done. I found a vintage mystery date game, which is, it's complete. It did not age well. It literally is called Mystery Date. Geared towards girls. Like it was marketed to girls in the prime slumber party age group, which is why I picked it up. The whole premise of the game. I had to look the it up. The dud of the boys you were the most attracted to. Yeah, well story of my life (laughs) (laughs) he had a little five o'clock shadow and he'd clearly like gotten some work done during the day those are my he looks like a hard-working tired man 
Oh. He probably has like really nice cast iron skillets and can chop some wood. The other guy was just in his little like cable knit sweater and like had some skis. And I'm just like, wow, I you liked look him. Boring. I thought he looked like a big strong boy. He's gonna <laughs> take me out to a cabin and we're gonna have some fun. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so no competition over those boys <laughs> we clearly have the ones we want <laughs> well the whole point of the game is you have to find the perfect matching outfit through like cards and chants to not show up in the wrong outfit to the wrong date and if you can nail it you win the game because we uh, we understand at this point as 30 year old women that if you show up with the wrong outfit that's full social suicide you're done career's you're done. over that's love it. life is over friendships gone done. you're not ever gonna have a coven again you think no. you're gonna get invited to a slumber party no you hitting those slopes absolutely not i want to hit his slopes <laughs> <laughs> i want to go skiing on those slopes oh my god, <laughs> oh my god. all right it's great <laughs> talking to you until next time <laughs> Thank you for being here. BRBBF. Support our show by taking home some dope-ass podcast merch. <laughs> Find luscious fuck-it scrunchies, organic totes, ribbed beanies, and more at timetochat.com. If you enjoyed this conversation, please follow, share, and rate this podcast. It makes a difference and helps us reach more folks that want to digest their relationship to food. Cheers to you. Until next time. Maybe it has something to do with like closing the airflow off to your ears and your body just like. Do you really? No. No, I'm fucking with you. There's that would no be way so that your body cool. Works like no, that. I know. I was like, wait, that's literally not the same hole. There's no tubes going through my brain. Maybe there is. We don't know enough. Maybe that's a female the- anatomy. So <laughs> maybe that's the big secret. <laughs> <clears throat>